Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. Welcome, glad you could join us. We are the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. But we need your help. We can't just unenslave one person at a time now. We need to do about 10 million at a time. So this is where your role comes in. This is your contribution to the effort. Take shows like these and share them. You hear something that you like from whoever. Um, and by the way, we're not in competition with each other here for the most part on our side of the fence in the alternative media. It's it's We're not, uh, uh, I'm not trying to upstage Steve or our guest Daniel Holdings and they're not doing that to me. We collaborate, we share materials. Um, it, it's, it's a whole different ball game than what you see with Fox and CNN where they attack each other every single day. We don't do that here. I mean, this is a very, that's a very rare occurrence. And to those people who do that in our business, we shun them because we need to be united. And that's really where we're going. And that's what this show stands for. And before we go to our guest, Daniel Holdings, we're going to tell you that we're sponsored by, in this segment, Noble Gold. And I got to tell you, I, I am not confident in the economy. We still hold some reserves uh, currency status for the world, but that is eroding and once it goes, the dollar's dead that day. That very day, the dollar will die. We will hyperinflate immediately. That's the only thing that's basically saving us from total eruption of the dollar. And that doesn't necessarily mean the beginning of the end for America, but whenever there's a crisis, what do you think this administration's gonna do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're gonna confiscate as much as they can. Pelosi yesterday mentioned going after your retirement and folding it into Social Security. In other words, she wants to steal it because the government has stolen from Social Security. So what do you need to do? You need to diversify your wealth across a number of fronts. And this is what Noble Gold does. I advertised for them for two years before I woke up and realized I need to have their services. And I could not be happier. I am fully diversified and I keep going back because you have to do tweaks as things change. But they are professional. They are not pushy. They will not bug you. They will never pester you. You have to close the deal. And uh, I've become friends with their owner, Colin Plume. And I, I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, th this organization is top of the line in my book. Completely professional. But what they do really well is they protect your IRA or 401k. And I guarantee you right now they're fighting against Pelosi. But they're going to help you sidestep this calamity that it could be coming sidestep the calamity of hyperinflation so here's what you do you got two ways to contact them you can call them at 877-646-5347 that's 877-646-5347 or you can email them for free material but you'll have to call them back they don't pester people so you'll have to go to gold before late that's goldbeforelate.com and if you don't do this, well, your nest egg is at risk. And if you leave all your money in the bank, I'm sorry you have not been paying attention to this show. But stay tuned because we will enlighten you on this and future shows. Well, Daniel Holdings needs no introduction. Um, he, he's one of our favorite guests. He's a man of God, but he's also a man of keen insight into what's going on. And he's in our circle of colleagues that we have. Steve Quayle is a mutual friend of ours. and. Daniel and I have uh, collaborated on a lot of shows in the past. Um, he's an author, and we're going to talk about how you can follow his good work before we're done. And uh, well known presentations with Steve Quayle. We've shared 
the virtual stage, so to speak, and uh, his presentations uh, on Steve's uh, conferences that he runs are some of the most popular and most requested out there, and for good reason. So we're lucky to have him on this uh, wonderful morning. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Dave. It's always good to be with you and your audience, uh, especially now at this critical juncture. Uh, you and I were talking briefly before I came on, and there is so much to talk about. Um, but, you know, I, I most, most people, I think, are uh, a glass-half-full kind of guy, a person, a girl. And uh, unfortunately, I think today we're going to have kind of the opposite, uh, a glass half empty discussion. I'm afraid because, so, yeah. uh, I think, Dave, it is probably, no, not probably, I take that back. It is the most dangerous time in human history, and uh, I'll tell you why in just a sec. Okay. Um you know, I wrote something to that effect just a couple of days ago on my website. So it's interesting to hear your perspective. So where do you want to start with this uh, dire times that we find ourselves in, uh, really colored by treason from both parties? And I really believe this. Tucker Carlson said this uh, the other night on the show. He said, the Democrats are clearly working against America's best interests. And I'm paraphrasing. But he said they couldn't get away with it without the complicity of Republicans. They could stop it right now if they wanted to. And I totally agree with that. Well, I, I totally agree with it as well. And that actually plays into what I want to talk about here in just a moment. But let's talk about good news. Let's, let's talk about the good stuff going on. You mentioned before we got on the air the uh, that the Canadian trucking revolt has actually spread to uh, uh, Australia. I've actually heard it being spread to other places as well. If you remember, um, if, if you've heard this, GoFundMe uh, came out yesterday and they put the kibosh on the fundraising efforts for the Canadian trucking revolt. But uh, then they said this, and you talk about tyranny, uh, then they said, and we are going to donate that money to anybody we want to, <laughs> to any cause we think is worthy. Yeah, they so stole, they, they they're such, stealing, they're stealing. Yes, yes, but but okay. So two things happened this morning with regard to this issue. Uh, I I forget the other fundraising company, but there's another fundraising company that came in and they said that they would they would take care of it. They would they would actually do do this fundraising. And then uh, as well, uh, I just read just like five minutes ago that GoFundMe backpedaled like really really quick <laughs> they, said, they said no we're going to do instant refunds right <laughs> we're just gonna, we're going to give people the money back now imagine this i thought about this for a second dave so you you want to fund an or you you want to fund a fundraiser right a, a, a cause or a company or whatever the case may be if GoFundMe went through with what they intended and you can be sure that that is their that was their intent could you imagine what it do what it would do to the credibility of that funding company? They they would go down the tubes. This is why they had a backhoe. All right. So 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 anyway, the, tr the trucking movement in Canada is going to get funded, and it is spreading. Is this a good thing or a bad thing, Dave? Well, the backing down is a good thing. What's disturbing is we live in such a tyranny these days. They actually thought they could get away with this. 
Well, that's absolutely true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Well, uh, I got to tell you, and, and audience, you have to hear my reasoning for this, and, and I'm not going to give it to you right up front. You're going to have to listen to the, the conversation here. I think the trucking result against the vaccine mandates is a bad thing. Not, not because the idea is bad, but because we all need to revolt against tyranny. But I, I'm going to tell you in a second why I think it's a bad thing. All right, so that, that's the first thing on my radar. The second thing on my radar is uh, Hungary yesterday, Dave, blocked the, uh, the, the Ukraine's entrance. At least that's what it was rumored to have done. The Ukraine's entrance into NATO. Now, the whole premise of the buildup of Russian forces on the border of the Ukraine and the threat to uh, uh, to invade it was because we invited, we meaning the NATO, because uh, the U.S. is part of NATO, uh, NATO invited the Ukraine to become part of them so that they could put missiles on the border of Russia. And like 63, uh, like John F. Kennedy said, no, you're not going to do that. and We'll do whatever we have to. So that caused a Cuban Missile Crisis. This is the reason for the uh, security guarantees that Russia has been talking about. I'm not saying that Russia's, you know, angels and all this. I'm, you know, Putin, as far as I'm concerned, is a, a mobster. But uh, they're not wrong <laughs> in, in this regard to put uh, missiles that within five minutes of their their uh, capital. That would be uh, suicidal for them to allow such a thing. Exactly. So this, that's the real reason for the the potential breakout. And so now we have. We have Hungary saying no, no, whatever reason they did that. Somebody paid them or offered them bribes or they came to their senses and they said, no, no, we can't allow this because they'll blow up the world, whatever the case. So is is Hungary blocking the Ukraine from entering NATO, Dave, a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. It's a good well, thing. Um, my, my position on NATO is we're getting ready to fight a war over nothing. Nothing except we want a war. I'll give you the Hodges hypothesis and then we can work downhill from that. I believe the globalists are promoting this. The Democrats and Syria heated up in 2014 have tried to start a war with Russia since that time in earnest. And then when Trump got in, they had to keep the two parties apart with the made up Russian collusion nonsense. And now we're back to wanting to fight Russia again under a Democratic president. And the reason I think they're doing this, Daniel, is because they want China's brutal regime of genocide and dictatorial rule to be their world policeman. But they have to eliminate the two threats to that, which are the United States and Russia. So they fight a war, they decimate each other, and then it's easy pickings for China. And the New World Order has their world policemen unchallenged on the planet. That's where I think this is headed. I think Putin realizes this, but he can't commit military suicide like you just astutely pointed out. He can't allow them to put missiles on the border in five minutes from Moscow. They've activated their S-400 missile anti-defense system, and I would do the same thing if I was Putin. So you ask me, is this a good thing? Yeah, we don't benefit from Ukraine being in NATO. They bring nothing to the table that we need. Well, uh, again, like the trucker issue, I, I think on the face of it, it could be a good thing. 
but I think it's actually a bad thing. And I'll okay. tell you why in a second. I'm, I'm withholding. Oh, I love this. I, you, we're, I, I love how we're going to get the yin and the yang of this. So, so how, <laughs> t- tell me how it's a bad thing. All right. So one more issue. One more issue. Uh, an article came out uh, on Drudge just the other day that uh, the Boston Fed has gotten together with MIT and they are discussing uh, digital currency. In, uh, as you know, I wrote about this in Midnight Strikes and uh, elsewhere. Yes. Digital currency is a 21st century, 2022. Sure sounds, you know, techy and, and uh, uh, you know, modern to me. So, Dave, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Digital currency rather than greenbacks. Um, digital currency is a bad thing. Uh, in the way they want to implement it. See, I think technology is relatively neutral. It's just in how it's used. You know, you can take a gun and use it for hunting and and have a food supply, or you can use it to kill another human being. And that's a bad thing. So I think the same thing applies, same principle to digital currency. I can see the ease of convenience, okay, and it makes business more efficient. Ostensibly, you can keep prices down. But on the other hand, uh, the, the... well, we're moving towards the mark of the beast if you want to look at the end destination. I Well, I think you're absolutely right. I would agree with you that digital currency would probably be a bad thing. Now, let me, uh, let me just tell you why. Uh, th- so that's three strikes for me. Today, I'm a glass half-empty kind of guy. Right? So <laughs> this is why I went, I went there uh, so early. So uh, I don't know if I spoke with you about this, but there was um, a climate conference back in November, I believe it was, and Prince Charles, the future king of England, was was seen at that conference. He was giving a talk, and he referenced how uh, they needed a world police force to police carbon emissions, mm-hmm. and then he referenced uh, he or him without defining he or him. Imagine, and I'm paraphrasing, if he had all of these resources uh, and all of this funding, uh, what he could do with it. Now, who was he? And, you know, I've talked about this uh, a few times on the air, but uh, I believe he was referencing. And you got to understand, Ance, this this conference had all the world leaders in the same room. You saw Biden there. That's the conference that Biden fell asleep at last time. Uh, Biden was there, the Prime Minister of uh, Britain was there, the Prime Ministers of other companies, the Presidents of other companies, w- uh, countries were there. So you had all these world leaders there, and, and Prince Charles references a prince, a future king, references he or him. I believe that he was talking specifically about the Antichrist without yes. saying who he was, right? So uh, I'm just throwing that out there for you now. Daniel, you're not you're not out on a limb on this one. I've heard this from several colleagues, so you're you're on solid ground there. I think from a lot of people's perspective. Okay, so that was that's I just throw that in there. But the uh, the the piece of news that I want to talk to you about uh, came out from the World Economic Forum, and Klaus Schwab yesterday, uh, January twenty fifth. Excuse me. Uh, mentioned that uh, he he used this phrase something like um, 
we have a lot of young believers. That's what he said. Young believers in our cause uh, that are now in the cabinets of various countries around the world and even leading them. Now, Clark, Klaus Schwab is a globalist. I mean, he's one of the head globalists, I would guess, right? He's the guy with the, his hands in, in, in the money pot all over the world. And he specifically mentioned, now, surprise, surprise, he spe specifically mentioned Trudeau in Canada being a young believer. Uh, and then more than half of Trudeau's uh, cabinet being believers. And then uh, he mentioned, uh, uh, was Jean Castet in France, the prime minister of the president of France, and then Alberto Fernandez, all about the same age. Those guys, uh, they're, they're in their 50s, although I think uh, Fernandez is probably a little older than that. But... But then he as okay, so those are the young believers that he mentioned, and but he specifically mentioned Putin and Merkel as being believers, right? They're part of the old guard, but he specifically mentioned them. Now, Dave, believers in what? I I know what you're saying, and I know where you're going, and I think the audience is probably there too. Uh, there's one thing that rubbed me wrong, and all the things you said I think are accurate. It's that Putin is not a believer in this. And, and well, those this are, is, those aren't my. Those no, aren't I, my I words. know, I know, but this is for Putin. This is inconsistent with what he consistently says. So he has this. I mean, look, you don't want to be a journalist in Russia, okay? But he does protect his people. He has turned to the Christian faith as it benefits him. And I'm saying he's a conditional Christian in my book. But this is, he hates the New World Order. He hates the Rothschilds. He's divested himself of the SWIFT system. I mean, his actions back up what I'm telling you. So I don't think he's part of this. Now, I'm not saying he couldn't be drug into it at some point under coercion, national survival, whatever the reasons would be. But he's not on board with this. Well, and I sound uh, like a so, Putin apologist, and I'm not. No, no, no. I, I promise no, and, you, I'm not. No, I, I, listen, I want to like Putin, but uh, I, I don't know if you know this. <laughs> uh, my my wife and I adopted my daughter from Russia. We were in Russia in 1999 to get her, just after Putin got into the office, and so he wasn't even president yet. There was this wave of nationalism that swept the country because prior to that, I mean, in '99 it was terrible in Russia. I mean, terrible. It was heartbreaking. Uh, people starving, women selling themselves, kids being abandoned so they could go to orphanages. I mean, it was it was absolutely terrible. And I, I was I was there to see Putin come into office and and uh, this this wave of nationalism. I mean, they didn't know who they were. They didn't know if they were communists. They didn't know if they were um, you know capitalists. They, they didn't know. They were trying to find themselves in the midst of all that chaos. And they were they were starving and and, and humiliated and and uh, hungry and you know so uh, I have had the opportunity to see the Russians uh, the Russian people which is not the Russian government uh, you know from from a, a personal perspective but I will also tell you this that Putin came from the KGB you know this yes and uh, he's a monster I mean he's a monster and. 
there's a story. I told a story uh, a couple weeks ago, but there's a story that uh, what's the guy's name that owns the Petrus Frost? I think is his name. So he had the opportunity to meet Putin. Putin comes up to him and he's got a couple big bodyguards. And, uh, they were big, <laughs> and so uh, Frost is wearing one of his Super Bowl rings, and so Putin says, "Can I try that on?" He says, "He says, yeah." He says. Putin says, man, you could kill somebody with this. <laughs> and so uh, when Frost expected him to give the ring back and he didn't and he asked for it back, Putin said no. And he looked at his bodyguard and said, I'm keeping this. This is mine. Right? <laughs> and he didn't give it back. Now, that's Putin, right? That is who he is. Now, is he a globalist? Well, certainly he's an opportunist. But if you've seen Megadrop, Right. And I know you have, Dave. Then I believe that the the globalists are, in fact, running the world. And you have countries that play adversaries against one another. And I think that Putin is just playing the adversarial uh, card that he has been given, the role that he's been given to play. Now, I, you know, I wasn't uh, popular. When I said I didn't trust Trump, uh, and you know some of your audience might be mad at me, uh, and people were saying, "Oh, he's going to come back to office," and blah blah blah. I said, no, he's not. He played a role. He played the adversarial role to the Democrats, so that the Democrats could get uh, into the positions that they are now. Now, I I say this because I think that Putin and Z. And uh, Biden, if you will, and NATO themselves are all part of that globalist cabal. Now, what is their end game is what we should be asking. See, I started saying that uh, that the glass is half empty. And I asked why those three things that I mentioned, the, you know, Trudeau, uh, I'm sorry, uh, COVID dying out, uh, Ukraine and Hungary and the Boston um, Fed uh, wanting to put in a digital currency. Why were all those things bad? Because, Dave, people, and here's my point, and I know you all have been waiting for me to make a point. Finally, make a point, Daniel. We, What we are seeing, and I've said this before, is a setup. You see, the problem is that they've they've begun to be knocked back on the heels with particularly the the covid vaccination rebellion they need that to kill off humanity they need uh a war and and it looks like maybe war has been staved off so that probably makes them panic they need a digital currency that they can control so what we will see and i said this was probably the most dangerous, not probably, the most dangerous time in human history. Because the devil knows that his time is short. Why is it short? Because there, there's a tipping point where he cannot do what he wants to do. And what you're beginning to see is rebellion against the powers that be, rebellion against the globalists, rebellion against the war, rebellion against forced vaccinations, rebellion against... Uh, controlling, which is really what digital currency would bring. Because of that, they will act. And they will act, Dave, 
sooner rather than later. You said that you thought that um, they want war. They absolutely want war. But they all want war. Why? Because, for one, they're evil, right? They want to kill a bunch of people because ultimately the, the Luciferian uh, globalist masters Satan himself. So they, they hate us and they want to kill us off, for one. But secondarily, they also want power. They want to control people. The smaller amount of people on the earth, the more they can control. And that is why they will go to war. That is why they will clamp down on our liberties. That is why uh, we will see everything that they want to bring in, brought in. That is why my glass is half empty today, Dave, because I do think it's the most dangerous time in human history. Yeah, but I think we're averting Ukraine. At least, at you least think? To, yeah, I do. I, I, I'm not saying they're done with Ukraine. And they're not going to try to concoct other reasons. But let me give you an example of what I saw happen on Fox the other day. I forget the guy's name. He was doing, he was former CIA uh, working for the State Department. And he said, we've uncovered a plot in which the Russians are going to do a false flag attack and make it look like a Ukraine's, Ukrainians are attacking Russians. And that'll be a precursor to invasion. And this reporter that was great, he said, really, where's your proof? And he said, because I said so. Oh, that's not proof. Uh, where's your proof? Where's your data? Well, we have sources. What are your sources? Where's the documentation? And they wouldn't let go of this. And this is kind of making its rounds. It's not making its rounds in MSNBC or CNN circles, which, by the way, is being acquired by Discovery. Good news. Um, and, and so what I'm saying here is this, is that the narrative is breaking down to justify the war with Ukraine. It's breaking down. We would have to commit overt military acts because we've lost the narrative on our side of the fence. <clears throat> and just like everything else Biden touches, it turns to excrement. Uh, they botched Ukraine if they wanted a war here too. So they can't come off looking like they're defending anybody. And, and, and I'll tell you, they've lost the narrative domestically, too, because even some of the mainstream media, Daniel, is saying, why is it we're more worried about protecting Ukraine's borders and not our own border? And I'm even seeing that in, like, mainstream publications. So they're losing that narrative. I, I You just, you make my point. You, you make my point. It's, okay, so when they start the war, and they will, it's... <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to be smart about it. I'm not saying that okay. they're going to have the upper hand. I am saying that because their narrative is breaking down and they see it falling apart, they will act. Because, Dave, if they don't act now, think about this for a second. If they don't act now, they can't act. If, in fact, um, people wake up to what the globalists are doing, what they're really doing, There'll be a rebellion across the world against them. And, and you know, was this uh, woke generation and, and, and all of this uh, um, touchy-feely stuff will go out the window because people will come to their senses when they see the truth. And they can't afford that. That is my point. And it's not that I don't think that uh, uh, the, the idea of the Ukraine 
uh, not popping off is a good thing. I think it's a great thing. Listen, I'm a vet. I'd hate to see a war because it won't just be over there in the Ukraine. There will be bombs dropping on our heads here in the States. Uh, and, and millions and millions of people will die. Uh, but my, my point is that it, it doesn't even matter to them. They will do whatever they have to do to kick it off because if they don't, it it would be really bad for them, and they won't lose the uh, the upper hand. That's my whole point. Not because I disagree with you, but only because I'm looking at the facts as, as far as the, uh, the globalists go and understanding what their heart is. Remember, the word says, and, and that was a quote out of the Bible, uh, out of Revelation, woe to you, uh, people of the earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you, and he knows that his time is short. Here's, here's where we are. We are at the end of the age. These are times of tribulation, end times. And so, and they're just starting. So, when you see all of this, and think about this for a second, it, it, it all kinds of tie together with, with what you and I were talking about a, a few minutes ago uh, before we get on the air. You mentioned the the power grab. Give me that quote again that that Biden said: "There's there's not a right to, uh, you, there's no guarantee to your rights or something." What was that? Yeah, he said your constitutional liberties, in particular the Second Amendment, are not absolute. That's that sounds just like that mentality, and and this is kind of what they they said about uh, rights and liberties down in Australia when when they were, you know, the you reported that they have finally turned around and and started this this wave of anti-vaccination, anti-COVID nineteen uh, death cult is kind of spreading down in Australia. This is this is the same attitude that they've had as well as. New Zealand, so and other parts of the world. I remember when COVID first started. I saw this this funny video. Uh, this is back uh, last year, just when they started locking things down, and there was a jogger on the beach. I mean, I, he doesn't have a shirt on. He's in decent shape, and he's jogging. Obviously, he jogs a lot. There's this. And it was in Spain, a Spanish beach. There's this this, this Spanish cop that uh, you was seen on the video uh, using his whistle telling him to stop because he was out and about in public without a mask. And so this cop starts chasing him on the beach, and the guy looks back at him and just opens up a, a bigger leaf and takes off, and so he, he couldn't catch him. But think about this from, from that perspective. I think it's a great illustration. When, when people start finally waking up, and the cop represents in this illustration authority, and, and the guy jogging our people, right? So when people finally start waking up, they will run from that authority simply because they, they, you know, they don't believe in it, they don't want anything to do with it. And again, my point is the globalists can't have that. Well, uh, um, we're seeing the run from authority. Uh, at some point, we're gonna stop running in the opposite direction and I believe we're going to turn on authority. And I believe there'll be nowhere they can hide. And that's when the real conflict will start. See, what I'm undecided about, if you had asked me this question a week ago, I might have given you a different answer. How is this going to start, Dave? I'd have said, well, probably Ukraine or Taiwan. Those are the two hot spots right now. 
But I'm beginning to think now, I was reading something, what is it, we're, we're, we're two dozen countries that are opposing their government in one way or another in a serious fashion. And I'm almost wondering if they're not just going to be a series of civil wars that the globalists will try to manage to exterminate as many of the protesters as possible. I, I think this is now creeping in as another possibility. And I'm not saying, oh, Dave Hodges knows for sure what's going to happen. But I see this is an evolutionary movement now. Um, as people rise up, this gives globalist-controlled nation-states uh, the, the targets to go after to eliminate dissidents in their country. And this might achieve the same thing that a war might achieve. Or they might do a combination of both. First, you have domestic purge, and then you have a war. I think uh, I think that's exactly what will happen. And uh, for one, um, I saw it, and I put that in uh, my my novels that I wrote years ago. Uh, but uh, there have been uh, men of God that have seen the same thing. Dimitri Dudeman yes. talked about how there would be uh, bombs raining down on the U.S. and a, a civil war that would be fought in the country. Um, David Wilkerson, I believe, saw the same thing. So there have been men of God that actually have uh, seen this kind of thing, and I think you're you're absolutely right. Uh, again, I, and I hate to sound like a Bible thumper and going back there, but woe to you, earth, because the devil has come down to you and he knows his time is short. They will pull out all the stops, Dave, and uh, that's why we're at where we're at. Because uh, he's running out of time. They're running out of time. Uh, so that's that's why my glass is half empty today. Not that, you know, I, I, I don't worry about such things. I talk about the things that are befalling the, the inhabitants of the earth. And you would think uh, I'd be pulling my hair out. And I, I, don't get me wrong. I mean, there are times I, I, I get so fixated on uh, those things that are occurring around planet earth that i uh i get a little down but uh the word says that uh, that that god is able to give us peace that surpasses all understanding and he tells us to walk in that peace uh jesus said my peace i give to you not as the world gives but um so so we have a choice uh we have a choice to walk in that peace or not walk in that peace and it's serious as the times are as serious as I think uh, these issues are, and although I say uh, in jest, you know, my glass is half empty, uh, in the end, you know, if you know the Lord, then you're going to be okay, one way or the other. And and so I, you know, audience, when I talk like this, and people, people always tell me, Dave, gee, you're scary. <laughs> I won't talk to you anymore. You're scary. I'm just a re a realist, you know, I, I believe in reality. I don't want to make up unicorns and fairies and rainbows. You know, I I want to see the world for what it really is, and and uh, this is where we're at right now. So, as regardless, I mean, of what's coming, if you know the Lord, then you're going to be okay. If you don't know the Lord, then you have good reason to be worried. Uh, and I would suggest that you have a direct conversation with Him and. Uh, uh, repent and ask him into your life only because 
the days that were that are coming and that we're beginning to walk into, they they are probably the scariest times uh, for for mankind at all, honestly. Well, for good reason. We just need to look at the Bible to tell us why. So, yeah, there's never been a time like this. Um, and a lot of us aren't going to be around to see the end of it. Of course, we could be upstairs looking down, and that's okay, too. It's just I don't relish what we're going to go through. I don't look forward to it by any means. Um, some people take a different view. They, they welcome this as a way to get to the... Uh, the afterlife, but I don't know that's how we're really programmed. So I think we're meant to dig in and fight the battles here. I mean, there's real battles to be fought. The number one cause of death on the planet, 42% of them, abortion. Abortion. Yeah. I mean, something we have total control over whether we permit this or not as a society and a, a global community. Well, you know, the Bible says that, that we as believers are supposed to be salt and light to dying world. And, you know, if you live your life, and abortion is a great example, if you live your life, you turn a blind eye to that, and not even consider for a second that those are little people, right? That millions of people, whether it be, uh, you know, babies or adults, it doesn't really matter, that's a person who is, is uh, helpless, and they are being slaughtered. Now, uh, if you ignore that issue, how can you be salt and light? And I'm talking specifically to Christians. How, how can we, how can we, in good conscience, ignore this issue and do nothing? And the other part of this is, is this: that uh, I'm a veteran, you know, and I love this country. Uh, to see, you know, that uh, they want to take our, away our liberties uh, and our rights. And do it with our Constitution. I think it was Hillary Clinton said that uh, maybe the Constitution needed to be rewritten, modernized. Uh, you know, I take offense at those things, and I will defend uh, this nation, my family, uh, and my rights, uh, just because I think that's the the good fight. Um, but in the end, uh, you know, I do believe that that um, our ability uh, to to defend ourselves, to make a difference, will be snatched away from us. And I, I base that on the Bible. In Revelation, it talks about, as an example, the mark of the beast. It says that he makes everyone free and slave, uh, old and young, makes everyone to take the mark and worship the beast and worship the beast and if you don't then you get killed uh, so while I will fight the good fight and try to be salt and light to dying earth again I'm, I'm a realist you know I know that uh, if, if I'm correct and this is uh, tribulation the beginning of tribulation then uh, we are physically not going to win this battle but that doesn't mean I won't fight it yeah, what I wonder is how many of the Democrats, like uh, Schumer, Apollo, Sia Schiff, how many of them really understand what the end game that they're playing in is? They clearly favor communism because it gives them total control over people and eliminates competition to a large degree and they get to maintain their power and wealth. 
and that's that's their personal motivation. But I wonder if they understand who they're truly representing. What do you think? Well, I think that they they probably have literally taken an oath to Lucifer, I think. Uh, so in this regard, yes, they understand who they serve. Uh, and you're right. I think that, you know, communism, it's more like totalitarianism and fascism. Uh, it, it's a means to their end. And uh, they don't really care about the foundations of our country uh, because they, ha- they, ha- they want what they want. They're just, they're just greedy. And, and, you know, I think they've been promised the world. I think, you know, uh, Devil's probably told them, look, you, you serve me, then when, when all this shakes out, you're going to have a place. Uh, but if you don't, this is what's going to happen. And so, do you think, let me ask you this, do you you think that the place in the new world order, so to speak, do you think it's been offered to them much like what the devil did to Jesus? Just serve me and this is all yours. I absolutely think that. And (laughs) I, I, I absolutely think that. It, let me give you an example. Okay, so uh, has Biden, um, has he changed over the years to you? Does he look any different than he used to? Of recent time, he looks like death on wheels, yes. Yeah, he, 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 he does look different to me. Yeah. Now, he's always been, he's always been, you know, creepy. I mean, creepy. He's been a creepy guy ever since, you know, I followed politics years ago. Uh, but he he, he he looks like he's demon-possessed. He, he literally looks, if you take a hard look at him, you look in his eyes, you see the expressions he gives, not to mention his behaviors. Uh, he, he literally looks like, like he is uh, uh, being influenced by something. Uh, and I believe that influences a demon. Uh, so when when you look at the rest of them, you know, you mentioned Pelosi, Schumer, these people. I mean, you see flashes of that same kind of thing. Yeah, I, I would you agree. Know, I know where you're going Ephesians, with. It. I agree. Ephesians six says this six six twelve, I think, that we wrestle and unsolicited. I, I I make no apologies. I know. I know the Bible. I, I know where I stand with the uh, with the Lord, and I know not only my faith, but I also have done uh, research. No, you're right, like Daniel. I, I just quoted this the other day in an article. It is Ephesians six about we we don't wrestle with uh, with uh, blood and flesh, you flesh know. and blood, yeah. but with principalities uh, yeah. and rulers of darkness. Uh, that's what it literally says, audience, and. And when you do a deep research, uh, a deep dive research on the original language, it's talking about fallen angels. Genesis it's talking 6. about yeah. it, it's talking about the influence of, uh, of of fallen angels on humanity, and that that war. See, we want to look at things from a spiritual nature. I don't know. I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but. Um, uh, Doug Hagman and Steve Quill uh, did a fundraiser for Doug Hagman, and and Steve asked me to do 
uh, a film for that at the very beginning. My second film, by the way. So, uh, and it turned out pretty good. Uh, and I, if I don't, if I do say so myself, but I make this case in that because in that audience, and and I think you'd still donate to it and get access to this this uh, content from it. But in that, we we find physical evidence of fallen angels interacting with ancient man, and then we also find evidence of this fallen angel language on some of those ancient artifacts but also in various other places and so we pull this together and and make the case that there's fallen angelic influence on mankind today and i'm not just talking about spiritual i'm talking about physical so what you're seeing with pelosi and schumer and the democrats and even the republicans that turn a blind eye the rhinos without spinos what you're seeing is Th- these angels influencing the physical realm yes and in some cases manifesting physically so when you look at the crazy stuff that's going on right now and and again you know i asked if your glass was half full or half empty this is why it's half empty for me because i cannot separate the supernatural from the physical these days you can't do it they want the, the the word says that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? They want to kill mankind, to steal everything we have, and to destroy us. And they will do whatever they have to do in order to do that. Now, if they if they were really a, a, a overt about their efforts, Dave, uh, and, and people really understood that this supernatural war has come to earth people i think would probably and they knew who was behind it they'd probably repent in droves i mean oh i I agree that's why it motivates me to keep doing this i've got a reaction to what you're saying but i've got to take a break or overdue so let me step aside just for a second ladies and gentlemen and first of all i just want to remind you again if you have assets to protect, you at least owe it to yourself to have a conversation with Noble Gold, a non-pressure conversation. But they'll say, okay, how are you distributing your assets? And they'll say, okay, well, maybe you want to think about this. And I'm so glad I did it. I would recommend that you at least look at it. 877-646-5347 or goldbeforelate.com, goldbeforelate.com. And also, I listed 23 impediments to our food supply a couple of weeks ago. We're now up to 24, and it's only going to get worse. The Chinese have closed their ports because they're fighting something ripping through their country, and I guarantee it's not COVID. That's another discussion for another time. But it's going to show up in our supply lines. The trucker convoys, we've talked about pluses and minuses. The minus is it's going to disrupt the shipment of food. The shelves are going to be more bare as well for other goods as well. So, hey, listen, do you have storable food? I mean, you need storable food. That's the bottom line. Uh, You cannot, first of all, Bill Gates, biggest owner of farmland in America. The Chinese now own 30 million acres of American farmland. Okay, I'm going to cut right to the chase. They have a great sale um, at MPS. And on top of that, you get quality food. It tastes good. It's high in calorie, but that's why you eat it because you're eating to survive. When you're down to your survival food, you're fighting to stay alive. So you want high calorie. Uh, so it's not something you're going to snack on, but it tastes good. There's variety in the food and 25 year shelf life. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. And I just want to point out one thing, folks. Everything we do, virtually everything we do here on the Common Sense Show, 
is about increasing survival, um, increasing the fact that you can hang on to your resources that you're going to need for survival. And at the end of the day, I don't know if it's going to stand up to the onslaught that's coming from the evil one, but uh, it might delay the inevitable. Maybe, who knows, it'll prevent it. We're speaking with uh, Daniel Holdings, and we're really into some uh, difficult topics here. And Daniel, you brought up about the demon possession. I want to share with you an anecdotal view of what you're saying, and I could not agree with you more. When I look at uh, Yacinda, uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Adam Schiff, when I look at people like this, and I could go on and on and list more of them, I, I look at their being, and particularly their eyes, like little snake eyes, and I have a very visceral, almost physical, it's not almost, it's a physical uh, repulsion. Re I'm just revulsed by these people. I can't stand even looking at them. And it's not because I disagree with their political ideology. I know that they serve the evil one. I get all that. But there's something that emanates from their being is expressed through their eyes and they all have the same evil look. And I know that's terribly subjective and anecdotal, but these are the reactions I get when I look at them. Well, I think I, I think that's because you see them for what they are, uh, you know. Uh, and I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, it's not just – I use Biden as an example because he's the supposed president of the country right now. But uh, they're leaders all over the world. If you look into the, they say the the eyes are the windows of your soul, and and that is really so true. I, you know, I want to I want to make a comment on on um, on the commercial that you just had, the uh, the uh, sponsorship, uh, uh, those those two sponsors for one, and I I know you know this, but uh, there was a time when I was a financial guy. A wealth manager, if you will, and and to be um, to be one of my clients, you had to have a million bucks, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't deal with you if you if you did. Uh, so I knew what money was. Um, but I I read a book, uh, and I, I could see the writing on the wall back in the uh, late two thousands. I was like, yeah, you know, this is not going to be good. Then I read a book that. And Dave, I know you, you know this book. It's the the creature from Jekyll Island. Oh yes, by, uh, G. <laughs> yeah. Edward Griffin. Yeah. And I was a straight, narrow kind of guy. I was like, I was mainstream, right? I, <laughs> I was a leader of church, and and uh, you know worked in my own uh, practice, and and I read this book. And shortly after I read that book, I got done with it. I read it in like a day, day and a half. Got done with it. I had a a, a meeting with a, a client. And um, my office was actually in my house. I had this old house, and half of my office was uh, in the front of the house, and uh, the, the front half of the house was my office and my staff, and uh, the backside we lived in, the upstairs we lived in. Uh, so I'm walking out the door with my client, a really great client, and he, he asked me this question. He said something like, what the – he said, what the – uh, what 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 are we gonna do long term? Blah blah blah. And I, I, Dave, I am not kidding. It's one of these moments that you say to yourself, "Did I say that out loud?" <laughs> because <laughs> I said, I said, it doesn't matter. It's all gonna blow up. It's it's all gonna it's gonna crash. And he looked at me and said, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Uh oh." <laughs> 
Anyway, so oh, don't worry about it. We'll put you in. We'll put you in bonds or something. You know, long term safety, that kind of thing. And and uh, regained my senses for a second. But you know, that was the beginning of the end for standard investments for me. Uh, now I'm no longer in the field uh, for obvious reasons. But um, if if you don't have gold and silver or silver audience then you're doing yourself a disjustice. That's not just a commercial that Dave gave you from uh, somebody that's sponsoring his show. That is great advice. Now, I have no vested interest in that that, uh, airing that he just made, but I am telling you, when the dollar dies, you are going to need something tangible in your hands. And as Steve Quill always says, if you don't own it, I mean, if you... If you don't hold it, you don't own it. Yep. It's absolutely true. So take that to, to the bank. And then the second thing is, Dave, something my wife and I, we have storable food. Uh, but what what I did last week is I used a good chunk of the funds that I had, and I went out and I got more. Because audience, if, you're, if you don't have long-term storable food, then when, when, when the yeah. grocery stores I hear close, you. then you're in trouble. Daniel, I got to move this right to where because I'll do you a disservice in my audience too if I don't tell them how they can follow you. But I agree. My wife, when she goes out, she's making um, a stocking trip every time. We combine. She combines the mission of getting us more prepared uh, with doing what she has to do in errands, and uh, we're right there with you. I mean, we're, we. I believe the grid's coming down. We're, we want to fight. The war with soldiers and tanks. The Russians, I believe, are going to, if we do fight it, are going to fight it with ones and zeros and take the grid down. But anyway, in the in the time we have left, because this has been very informative, and I know it's open-ended, folks, but it's designed to get you to see different viewpoints from two different people that work in this field a lot. And, and, and I think that you can look at this and make your own judgments and decide how to proceed. But you do need to proceed. But, Daniel, people are going to want to follow your work more. I mean, they've heard you for the first time particularly, so how can they do that? Well, DanielHoldings.com, uh, Daniel, H-O-L-D-I-N-G-S, Holdings.com. Uh, we'll get you to my site, and my books uh, are there, and uh, my current projects are normally up there. Uh, so, I, you know, uh, you can you can check me out there. They're going to, I tell you, I think you're going to get a pretty good rush of things. I'm not sure when this is airing for sure, because uh, we're bumping up against uh, weekend and all that stuff. But but uh, I, I guarantee you, within a week of this airing, I think you're going to hear from a lot of people, because you've said some very provocative things. You really got, I've interviewed you a few times. You got my attention more this time than probably any other time that we've done this and and it is the lateness of the hour you've expressed that very well and daniel i want to thank you for joining us and i look forward to collaborating with you in the future thanks so much thank you dave thank you audience for the time take care